from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, one of our more popular podcasts on the Ramsey Network's number one best-selling author of Building a Non-Anxious Life is the latest number one that we did with him. It's a great book. He's my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Merry Christmas, America. Travis is in Baltimore. Hi, Travis. How are you? Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, I'll make this as quick as I can. Um, 31 years old, married. We have two kids. We don't own a home yet. Um, currently, five weeks into Financial Peace University, um, we've paid off $1,000 of our debt so far. Um, we have currently $44,000 in debt. Um, my question for you is, um, my previous employer had a profit sharing system set up. Uh, so um, in March, I've been away from them for a year now. I went back over the road. Um, so in March, I can decide whether I want to roll that money over to something or if I want to cash out however I want to do it. I have $51,000 in that account. Should I or could I use that money to wipe out baby step number two and start baby step number three and 3B? I think that's a qualified plan, meaning it's a type of retirement plan. Am I right? Yes. So if you cash it out early, you're going to get a 10% penalty plus your tax rate. So uh, what do you make a year? What's your household income? Um, so I make a hundred thousand. My wife works part time. She makes about twenty. Okay, all right. And so you're in thirty five percent tax bracket. So you're going to pay thirty five percent plus ten percent on the money. So it's kind of mathematically like asking, "Hey, Dave, I want to borrow money at forty five percent interest to pay off some of my debt." That would be a dumb thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, we're going to okay. we're going to roll it over. Uh, go to Ramsey Solutions and click on Smart Vester Pro and find a good, uh, a, a, a good financial broker in your area that we recommend that you can sit down with and help you do that rollover. And you need to roll it over into an IRA and not pay any taxes on it at all and let it grow. I just don't want to give up half the money or so to the government in the name of getting right. out of debt. That's a bad plan. So, uh, what? But you're making 120 and you only owe 44, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you're just getting started. So the good yeah. news is you've gone into attack mode. And if you just keep turning up the heat on the attack mode, you'll probably be debt free in under two years. Okay. Hey, Travis, can I challenge you a bit? I'm sorry. Can I challenge you a little bit? Sure. Um, you've been in the week. You've been in the class five weeks. Yeah. Tonight is uh, week number five. Yes. Excellent. So you make 120 grand. How have you only paid off a hundred? I mean, how have you only paid off a thousand bucks? Do you have a pretty expensive lifestyle you're living? Um. Well, no. Uh, we we started uh, budgeting with every dollar, um, and we literally just started. Okay. Literally this, this yeah. Month. So John, John's been, uh, point is this: if you look at the big number, one twenty minus forty four would be like seventy six thousand. If you lived on 76000 for one year, you'd be debt-free, not counting taxes, right. okay? Right. Um, so that, that's his point, and that's not $1,000 a month. That's more like $4,000 a month. So um, yeah. 
Look, I challenge you to get radical. Find what you can sell uh, in your house. Do you have tractors? Yeah, I want you to lean guitars. down. It, what yeah, do you got? I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think you're going to lean down into that budget. If you did it in two years, that's two thousand dollars a month. But a thousand dollars a month is not enough out of your budget. You need to cut more than that and get after the debt. So, uh, but all of that to say, that's the way to go. John's exactly right. And let's go ahead and roll that money over so you don't give the government half of that and go and then just. You know, beans and rice, rice and beans. We're not going out to eat. Uh, we're not going on vacation. We're going to attack this using the every dollar budget, and we're going to get it cleared up. And for the first time in your life, you're going to be free, and it's going to be worth it. It's going to be a complete pain in the butt for the next 18 to 24 months, but it's going to be worth it. Hey, thanks for calling in, man. Joe's with us in Atlanta. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, uh, hey, Dave. Hey, John. Nice to talk to you guys. You too. What's up? Yes. So I got a question. This is about 529 plans. Um, I have two kids, 1614, and then we just found out we have two coming next year, so we'll, we'll have a total of four. Yay! All right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty exciting. Um, <clears throat> once we got over the shock of having two at a time. but um, So my question is, we uh, we have a surplus of funds for this year we are 100 percent debt-free no mortgage no cars no debts of any kind no credit card i hate it when and, that happens uh, i know it's it's hard way it to go hard. would you run for congress <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if uh if i had any interest i would <laughs> he's like man uh, brother i was thinking dave but i'm also thinking about setting myself yeah. on fire <laughs> yeah 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 um so my question is on the, the georgia 529 plan it's uh, tax deductible up to eight thousand per kid per year, mm-hmm. and uh, we can only have two right now because I think you need a social security number for each account you set you up. You do, that's right. Um, would you recommend? So we we have a good amount of extra. Um, just putting a lump. I know we can put more in than eight thousand. Would you consider putting like? 50 grand in for each kid and just being done with it. Yeah. Uh, or put it somewhere else and then no. every year put a little bit more in. No, I mean, you can do that. Uh, the, the downside is 529, of course, has to be used for education. And any right. growth on the money is going to be taxed if you pull it out for something other than and penalized if you pull it out for something other than education. So sure. um, that that's your downside. So along with making a commitment to put 50 grand, which pretty well finishes it up. If you're doing this for young children, that'll be it. They can right. cover, they can cover undergrad with that. You're done. Check the box. You're out. Well, and I know then, they can, I'm not sure if this is a new rule, but you can do 10,000 a year for, for a private school K through 12. I believe that's, that's true. That's what it is. So if we, if yeah, we would true. do like high school, private school, that's true. You, you 50, could drain it down during that. Yeah. But, but the, uh, yeah. if they, you don't put them in private school, and they don't go to college, you got some money trapped in there. That's my only point. And that's okay. Yeah. We just say that out loud, which means when I started my kids' college funds, they were young like yours, and I just brainwashed them. I said, this is your college fund. It's your college fund. Yeah. It's your college fund, which presupposes you're going to college. And so, mm-hmm. you know, now we're not going to college to study left-handed puppetry. We're going to go study something that actually <laughs> works in the marketplace, right? We don't want to get some right, nuanced, right. useless, freaking degree and then be a barista. That's not the plan. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, but yeah, all of that. Yeah, I would do that. I would do that. And now with a Georgia okay. 529, do not do the prepaid tuition. You do not do that. 
You're investing in mutual funds that you control the options and that you can decide where they go to school. You're not, you're not trapped in with prepaid. Don't do prepaid. That's not a good deal because the rate of returns suck on that. So, um, and your options are very limited. So good question, man. Thanks for calling. You worked hard for your home. It should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals. And something as simple as window treatments can make the difference. If you're ready for an upgrade, we've recommended Blinds.com for years. And I've used them myself. That's because with Blinds.com, you don't have to sacrifice your budget, your style, or great service. From blinds, drapes, shutters, and motorized shades, they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home. And their team is always ready to help with everything from design consultation to measuring and installation. Plus, there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees. Everything is backed by their 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and shipping is always free. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Visit Blinds.com to save up to 40% off everything site-wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you for joining us, America. This is the Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Tonya is with us in Philadelphia. Hi, Tonya. What's up? Hi. um, So I'm calling because I have a question. So I'm 25 years old. I'm a single mother. Um, my income is about 47000 a year. Um, and I have about 18000 um in debt. Um, I have $16,000 of that is a vehicle that um, was, they have it as a repo on my credit because I had a car accident and it was totaled. And the person who crashed me didn't have full coverage, and I didn't have full coverage either. So I'm so they in a situation. It. Yeah, so I'm in a situation where the car that I have right now uh, it has 192,000 miles on it, so it's going out on me, and I'm in need of a new vehicle. And being that I have that repo on my credit, um, I'm having a hard time getting approved for uh, another vehicle. Good. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to you, honey. Last thing you need is a car payment, kiddo. You're broke. Yeah. But you do need a car. Yes. Wait, when you say it's going out on you, my truck has 197,000 miles on it. Is it just ugly? Or is it no, falling apart? No, it's not ugly. The, um, it's just starting to fall apart on me. Like, I just put 1500 into it trying to fix it, and it's still giving me problems. Okay. All right. So so the car is probably worth, what, $2,000? No, not even. With the problems yeah. that it has, And you said you even. make what? For about 47 Okay. How many kids thousand? you got? Just one. How old? He's three. He's four. Okay. Four. Who watches him when you work? Um, he is at a daycare. Okay. So, um, yeah. Because what I'm the reason I'm asking is I'm trying to find you some money because I want you to scrape together like you found the fifteen hundred to fix the car. I yes. want you to scrape together fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, sell your car for two thousand dollars, and buy a four thousand dollar car, which is a whole okay. lot better than you've got now, but no car payments. Okay. And then I want you to do that again about a year from now. 
okay. and keep, I don't want you to drive that car the rest of your life, but it, yeah. but car payments are going to hold you back so much. It sounds like it's going to be, you're just so sick of having a crappy car that's unreliable yeah. and the stress that goes with that, that it makes you jump ahead and in your mind, just having something that's reliable is worth the pain of the payment. And I'm trying to tell you before you get there, it's not. Yeah, no, I'm just getting to the point where, like, I'm a little frustrated. Yeah, you know, no, you're a lot, lot frustrated. I would be. I'm frustrated, frustrated with you. Yeah, I, I, I understand, and I agree with so. your frustration. I don't want it to lead you to a bad decision, and it's about to. So let's avoid car payments. Yeah. I'm so glad you did not get approved, because if you had gotten approved, it would have been at a high ripoff subprime interest rate because you have a repo on your record. Yeah. And so you would have been screwed double. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that to yourself. Let's go pay cash okay. for a the, the, the difference in a $4,000 car and a $2,000 car is very dramatic. Yeah. Okay. Now, are okay. you in a good church? Um, I do. I do attend okay. a church. Do you have I some guys do. around anywhere that could be your ugly uncle for a day or two and help <laughs> you help you pick out a reliable car? Uh, and and uh, not let someone mess with you because they think they can, but instead yeah. the ugly uncle standing there uh, <laughs> and, and saying, you know, uh, this is this car is not real pretty, but it's a really good, reliable mechanical car. That's the one you buy when you're buying a four thousand dollar car. We're not trying to buy a sex appeal. We want reliability. Of course, yeah. And, and sometimes when you're negotiating with someone on that, people are sexist. Mm-hmm. And and they yeah. that they'll do stuff for an old ugly uncle they wouldn't do for a sweet young lady. Yeah. Or put a note in your church bulletin, or let your folks know I'm looking for a, a great thirty five hundred dollar car with a three year old, and I need a reliable four thousand dollar car. Would someone help me find one? Okay. You'll have people that raise their hand. Yeah, you you might have somebody give you one. Hey, and okay. by the way, you don't like asking for help, do you? I'm not. Um, I am actually a police officer, so that's. Um, you don't like it's really hard for, for me to be that kind of person to you know like reach out and ask for help. All right, hold on. Um, so, I want to. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is important. You have cast quote unquote those kind of people as people who ask for help. Yeah. I want you to reframe that. I want okay. you to know that the wisest people I know ask other wise people for support and help about things they don't know. Okay. And so it's not those people that ask for help. It's you. It's me. It's Dave. It's all of us. The wisest people I know reach out to other wise people and say, hey, what do you think about this? Can you help me out with this? And so this is you stepping into the whole I don't go in and negotiate on something myself, and I'm a really good business guy and a real good negotiator, but I don't go into an, an, an item or a situation that I know nothing about. The ex- I don't have any expertise in. I bring along the old ugly uncle myself. Okay. And, and that's and, a really and, ugly uncle for Dave to bring. <laughs> 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 if Dave says he's an ugly uncle, oh right. my God. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. That, but I mean, you know, that's you bring in the heavy, you bring in somebody beside you. And so if I'm negotiating on a tech thing, I don't know nothing about tech. I got 400 people that work here that do that, though. And so I'm going to bring in my top guy who's going to razzle-dazzle him with his academic and says all the tech words, right? right. And and they're like, oh, God, these people know what they're doing, you know. But when they're looking at me, they're pretty sure I don't. Well, and similarly, um, 
I, I guess I guess the uh, the appearance is we have all the answers to every one of life's questions. A bunch of acres behind my place went up for sale, and I immediately thought, oh yeah, I know a guy. His name's Dave, and I work with him. And so I said, Dave, this is what they're asking, and you said, that's too much. And so I moved on, right? And so it's it's every wise person I know asks other wise people. I don't know anybody that knows Middle Tennessee real estate better than you do, and so. Why would I, I'd be foolish to not ask, ask you that question, right? So ask people in your life for support and help however you can, man, yeah. whether it's wisdom or whether it's, Hey, I need you to come help me do this thing do that this I can't, I, you can do it better. I can do it better with you than I can do it by myself. That's right. And that's all we're saying. And yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you for being a policeman in Philadelphia, police woman in police, Philadelphia, police yeah. person, whatever we call that. I don't know. I cannot figure out how to do it. But anyway, the, uh, uh, but anyway, I was trying to be nice, and then John screwed it up, got all no, woke. So, yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Open phones at 888-825-5225. So, guys, here's the thing. Cars, her situation with cars is a big deal. We did the exact thing. I did exactly this. A guy loaned me a car that was probably worth $300 because I didn't have a car. Well, I had one, and I needed a second one. And it was a 1978 Cadillac with 478,000 actual miles on it. The vinyl roof was torn loose across the front, so when you drove it, it filled up with air and looked like a flying parachute, and the predominant color was Bondo. That's the car I was driving. When you're driving that car, anything is moving up. A $1,000 car is... is A $1,000 car is moving way up. And I got a $1,000 car. I did. And I gave my buddy his car back. It was a loaner. He loaned it to me for a month. And I found $1,000 miraculously because I wasn't driving that. I can I mean, see you the honking. Most, I had been driving a Jaguar. And I went bankrupt. And now I'm driving Bondo buggy with a parachute on top. And But I drove it to $1,000. And then three months later, I bought a $3,000 car. Five months later, I bought a $10,000 car. And every time I just move up a little bit, but the difference in a $10,000 car and a $1,000 car is very dramatic. It's significant. Yeah. It's very dramatic. I could just, And I, none of that was with car payments. I, could I did it. Picture so you driving down the street, do honking the horn. Look, Sharon, I got a $1,000 When you pull car. up to the stoplight and your top is settling and people are looking at you, you just turn up the rap music, right? I mean, come on, man. This is the Ramsey Show. Most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home. So I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. They're the best at what they do, protecting your whole home. Their award-winning system is backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, half the cost of traditional home security. And my listeners get 20% off their system when they sign up for Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Merry Christmas. The Ramsey Show Question of the Day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services from repairs and maintenance to remodeling and upgrades. Neighborly's trusted home service providers have trained local experts to handle almost any job. Great company. Download the Neighborly app and connect today. All right, today's question comes from Sandra in Florida. Sandra writes, my spouse's spending is crippling our finances and our marriage. Each month we have only about five to 600 left after monthly bills and minimum debt payments, and we only have $1,000 saved. 
I've tried to speak lovingly to my husband and let him know how much the overspending scares me and affects my mental health. I've also had moments of frustration and have blamed him for financial struggles, which I realize is not a healthy approach. Seems all my efforts and approaches are futile. I understand the Ramsey principles behind joint accounts and have lived this way for years, but at what point in my marriage do I say enough and separate myself financially? Right before divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're here. I think we're close. This is way bigger, Dave, than uh, I'm glad she I'm glad she had the courage to write is crippling our finances and our marriage because this type of behavior tells me there's other issues in that marriage. It's not just money. Yeah, this guy is um, kind of got the axis of the world stopped through the top of his head. Mm. Everything spins around him. He's the most important thing that ever lived. I'm telling you, his mama told him that. Yep. And um, and now. Um, nobody tells him anything. Yeah. Um, I just can't imagine Dave. I, again, I don't have a psychology for this. I can't imagine Sheila taking me out and saying, um, anything I'm doing, you're scaring me to death. And me going, yeah, I don't care. I, I, I just, <laughs> I don't have that in my, I don't have that in my body. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you could respond to, to anybody that way. If if the if the waitress at at Waffle House sat down and said, "Hey, the way you're doing things scares me, and I, I'm not, I don't feel safe," I, I don't think I could be like, yeah, "I don't care." Like I I just don't have that in me, man. So I don't understand this dude at all. What a scumbag! I just don't get it. Don't get it. So um, yeah, the, the, it, it could be just an immaturity could be a lot of things um in all seriousness all once i get past all my frustration and my name calling but um the um so there's two issues with this email number one uh you guys need to sit down with a marriage counselor and if he won't go go by yourself so that you can start to get language to how you're going to decide how much longer you're going to do this uh because my experience with this and i'm not a counselor and i'm not trained like john is but for 30 years, I've done this and sat with couples. And my experience is particularly ladies, more so than men, uh, they reach an end point and it boils and boils and boils. And then suddenly they go over the edge and the switch flips. And once it flips, there's no getting her back. Right. She's done. When she's done, she's like, like roadkill. It's over. It's done. And you can't get it back. And you're going to reach that boiling point. If you don't do it intentionally with some help with a good coach, a good marriage counselor to give you words to do this in a very wise and reasonable way, it's all, it's going to sneak up on you and him. And you're just going to go, I'm done. When somebody says the word futile, everything I've tried yeah. is for not is for nothing. Yeah. That's lost hope. That's lost hope. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so you're, you're getting really close and I'm telling you, if there's a chance that you save this marriage, it's going to be with some help guiding you through how to communicate to him if you can get through to Jello Brain here and get him to do this, okay? Now, if you can and you turn it around, that's great. That's thing one. That's the route to go. Hidden inside of this email is the question that I've been asked a bunch of times as a separate issue. That's how can I handle my money separately in a messed up marriage and it be okay and the answer is you can't you've got to make the marriage okay 
if you want to have prosperity in your relationships and prosperity in your net worth, it has to be done from a functional standpoint, not surviving uh, a bunch of misbehavior and still prospering in spite of it. That just doesn't happen in my experience. We, we see almost never does someone overcome this guy not changing and somehow you create a tactical way to separate your money and while you're still married to him and he continues to do the exact same thing somehow you go off and become a millionaire that does not happen that's just that's mythology there's not a tactic a legal document a process that causes you to be able to swim with an anchor around your ankle and and so you guys have got to work through this or work your way out of it to be able to have a great life for both of you. And he's, I think it's important to call out this husband is not um, being a person of fidelity. He is not upholding the marriage vows that said, till sickness, um, to sickness and health, um, till death do us part. Um, this is ours, mine is yours, and yours is mine. He's not doing that. Um, he's saying, I really don't care about you. I just don't. I just don't. Um, and uh, it breaks my heart for you, Sandra. Breaks yeah. my heart. Sad, very sad. Josh is in Illinois. Hi, Josh. What's up? Hi, Dave. I really appreciate you giving me your time. I'm going to try to make this quick. Sure. So, in 2021, uh, so my family and I have always used a tax assistant uh, to file our taxes. Now, in 2021, apparently, the taxes of both my dad and myself were filed incorrectly. Um, and basically it's showing on at first the CP 2000 notice. Now it's CP 3219 a, uh, it's showing, uh, $0 was shown on return for several of my employers. And then when it says reported by others, and then it gives how much money I, I paid and the increase in tax or the deficiency on this is $9,548. And then a substantial tax understatement penalty is $583. Now, my question is... So the guy have, that did your have, taxes calculated your taxes wrong? Uh, that may very well be the case. And actually, Is that what you're telling me? Um, I'm asking you. I'm making sure I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. The taxes were filed incorrectly. Okay. And so you have a $10,000 tax bill that you didn't think you had. Right. And uh, this was from 2021. And ever since 2021, even though they just found it, they've been charging interest. And yeah, that's what they do. Like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, uh, now, but the bottom line is, is if they had been filed correctly, you would have owed $10,000. Uh, correct. We, we received, um, we received a refund that we probably should not have received. Yes. Right. And did you go and have you had another tax professional look at the return and make sure that the IRS is uh, proclamation is accurate. Yes, sir. And, and here's the thing, actually, we, we know it. we know that this is accurate because, um, it, it was a lady that did our returns that year. We are actually doing business right now with her sister. And not only did this original lady ghost our family over all this, she's not even talking to her sister anymore. And her and her sister had a fallen out. That that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm asking the question: Have you had a tax professional that knows what the flip they're doing this time? Actually, go over this return and verify that you do owe nine thousand five hundred dollars plus penalties. Yes, and so the sister is reliable. 
Right, yeah. You think? Why? Is she yes, an enrolled she agent, a CPA? What is she? Uh, she is an enrolled agent. Okay. All right. So you had a tax bill all along. You just didn't know it, and it's cost you Correct. 500 bucks in addition to that. Uh, you're just going to pay it, man. I mean, not a lot you can do about this. They're not liable for your tax it. bill because they calculated it wrong. Are they liable for the penalty? Maybe. You might get 500 bucks out of them, but I, it's not worth the dadgum trouble. Everybody in this story makes no sense. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I would just pay it. I mean, you could get an attorney trying to get 500 bucks out of the deadbeat if you want, but I don't. That's not. You'll pay more than $500 in fees. You're going to have fi- pay more than $500 to have the meeting. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Renee and Edward are with us in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, guys, how are you? Okay, we're good. Good. How are you? Good. How can we help? Well, so last year, my wife ran in an apartment, and uh, she's really sick. She has mold poisoning. She went, and the property manager guaranteed her an apartment that was mold-free, uh, she moved in, uh, three weeks later, had to move out, go to the emergency room, extremely sick from mold. She hired a independent mold inspector who came in, found, you know, test results showed that the place was unlivable, uh, toxic mold and needed remediation. So the property manager said she could move out, pay an extra month's rent and she'd release her from her lease agreement. Well, yesterday she, we get a call from the a uh, credit company, a uh, credit collector, and saying she owes them almost four thousand dollars, and um, it's five thousand. Well, right, they're willing to settle for thirty-eight hundred. So I'm, and, I'm confused why your wife moved out and rented an apartment. I'm confused because we were separated. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And now you're back together, right? Um, yeah, because of this. Because of the mold. Uh, because I had nowhere to go. Oh, okay. So well, my question, Dave, is should – they're threatening that this – if she doesn't pay this, it'll ruin her credit, which is obvious. But should she pay them? Uh, should we fight it? Should she not worry about her credit? But I, uh, but I can't work right now. I'm still very, very sick, so I can't work. Okay. Um. Uh, what is your all's financial situation? I assume you don't have any money. Well, I mean, we're debt free. Uh, I work. He makes he makes good money. He, he makes plenty money. Yeah, I mean, she she lives with me. Um, she she doesn't work. She, she's sick. Um, but when she gets well, she wants to move out. So she doesn't want her credit ruined. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, the lesson learned is you didn't get it in writing. You got a verbal right. from the landlord, right? Right, right. So that's the lesson learned. This would have been a lot easier. Right. Uh, the landlord is an individual or a manager of a complex? He is the property manager of the complex, but not the property management company, which is the one trying to collect the right. the, the fees for the right. property. But this contract. guy's an employee of them. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. So, um, Hardball would sound like this. Uh, contact an attorney. Um, first thing I would do is the two of you get in the car, ride over, and meet with this manager. 
that made you this promise, okay, in person, and say, look, you told me we were out. Now I'm getting ha- hassled for five grand here. This isn't okay. the five. I'm not going to pay the five grand. You told me we were out. I'll put you on the stand as a witness. And if you, unless you're willing to perjure yourself, which is a criminal act, you will tell the court that you said I was out of the lease, at which point I will be out of the lease. And so you need to get with your team over here and get this collections effort stopped. And I need in writing from you in the next couple of days that this is all going away and there's no problem. If you do that, I will not sue you for my medical bills because you misled me and put me in an apartment with mold. If you do not do this, and I'm not out of this instantly, my attorney is going to sue you personally, sue your company for my lost wages and my medical bills and for release of this. But I don't want to play that. I would rather you just keep your word and your company keep your word and release me and we'll go on our way. Right. In person, very clear, do not raise your voice, do not use swear words, but very direct with deep eye contact representing anger. Okay. You follow me? So this was over a year ago, and that you know that's assumption that that same. I don't care. This is your best place to start. This is the cheapest way to fix this. Okay. Because people that think when you get lawyers and you get into the court system that you get justice, there is no such thing. The only one that gets justice is the lawyer's kid, whose tuition gets paid by you. Okay. This is not going to go anywhere else. So, but if you have to hire an attorney and go after these people, you go after them for your lost wages because they fraudulently misrepresented and cost you your health. So we're not only going to go for release of the lease, we're going to go for compensation. On top of that, we're going to make your freaking life miserable if you make me make a hobby out of you. All right. So, right. yeah, okay. we, we don't want to do any of this. You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. And they need to hear that real clearly from you. The best thing they can right. do is just get quickly get me a piece of paper that says I owe you zero, and I will simultaneously release you from your liability for lying to me and making me sick. Yeah. I'd probably have a okay. manila folder with your medical bills, the, the report from the mold folks, too, and... I would ask him in that office to print off all of the bills he sent you over the last calendar year because it's probably going to be zero. Okay. All right. So, so subsequent to that, let, let's assume that that person is no longer employed there, which is most likely like the scenario. Well, then talk to the um, current manager there and tell him what happened and tell him what you're going to do. And let that manager see if, – if I'm the manager sitting there and you tell me that, I'm going to the regional manager who turned this over to collections and go, look, the doofus that was here before me screwed this lady. She's giving us an opportunity to get off light. We need to let her go. Okay. Right. Okay. In, in the event – They don't get a lawyer. The, well, okay, but the collection guy, the guy from the collection company – He's an idiot. Inside of their – they're no longer involved. Like it's now Bull in crap. Bull crap. That's what they all say. I don't give a crap what the collection agency is an idiot. Just move on. That guy's he sits in a cubicle and calls people that don't pay their bills all day. He's got no power at all. Okay. The is company turned this over to collections. Like they did not sell it. They still own the problem. They just hired a hitman. 
The hitman's got no ability to do anything but pull the trigger. You don't negotiate with the hitman. You go to the mob boss and get the hitman called off. Yeah, you're right. And all of this sits on some manufactured principle you guys are carrying around that I just want to burst this little bubble for you. Who cares about your stupid credit? Nobody cares. Don't borrow money. And whenever you decide to move back out, you're going to need first and last month's rent. So you have to figure out work. You're going to figure out money. And then you're going to pay them. You're going to move on with your life. Yeah. Right, like, but if I don't have credit, how could I do that? Right? You don't need credit. You don't need credit. It's a it's a myth. People buy people rent apartments every day without credit, with first and last month's rent. Well, really? Because yeah. everything I've ever tried, they wanted yeah. to to see my well, credit. Really, we called twenty two apartments the other day around here as a test and found every one of them but two would rent to you. And that was over the phone. <laughs> that was just over the phone. Without even tell, I mean, I'm move. I'm new. I'm moving to town. I'm moving out. My husband and I are separating. I'm, I've got a job. I make first and last month's rent. I got no credit, and they'll rent to you, you know, and just go on. Now, corporate idiots like you've been dealing with are the ones that won't. They'll pull a credit bureau on you. But look, you've got to go deal with this. If you don't deal with it, it's not going to get anything but worse. And so, get over there. Well, go. Why not? It's Christmas time. Go over there this week. Sit down. Go look. If it's the moron that was here before you, dude, it's not your fault. But he made a promise, and we're going to hold your company to that promise. Uh, and if you don't, then we're going to sue you for the health issues. And and you know, I don't. I'm I'm not contacting an attorney yet, but I'm leaving here and going to contact one unless you tell me you think you can get this fixed. And every email that was sent around this is going to be public record. Yep. So all those emails that he sent his bosses, everything and anybody ever said on a text all or text said messages, on an email is going to be court. part of the deposition. Let them know. We're going to completely give you an anal exam. That's what's going to happen. Get ready. And, and that that's how that's what lawsuits look like. There ain't no fun. Nobody enjoys the process. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is the Ramsey Show.